Yeah, Genius of Love. That was a genius song. I honestly didn't know what song that was when I when I pulled it up for you, Blood Flower, but I'm really glad you, <laughs> you request that one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Now, hey, what's up, Dave? Well, uh, Ivy, Ivy, who I've known uh, since she was uh, a young th young punk rocker back in the middle 80s. Get a little closer to that and, microphone. And back would. in the middle 80s, Ivy, a young punk rocker in the middle 80s, who had then emerged her band called uh, Black Rainbow. They played my 70th birthday party, and she just came, and uh, and uh, she's a part of a project called Streetopia. Streetopia, we have a couple of events. In fact, I'm on the bill here to do a reading for one of their events, and it says this. Well, let me t tell you a bit about it. After San Francisco's new mayor involved in imminent plans for a new corporate dot-com corridor, an arts district at downtown featuring the new headquarters on Twitter and Burning Man, what? Curators Eric Lyle, Chris Johansson, and uh, Kaya Spellatech brought over 100 artists and activists together with residents fearing displacement to consider utopian aspirations and to plot alternative futures for the city. The resulting exhibition, Streetopia, was a massive anti-identification art fair, I was there, that took place in venues throughout the city, featuring daily free talks, performances, skill chairs, and a free community kitchen run out of a gallery. This book, which is coming out now, brings together, at last, all of the art and ephemia from the now infamous show, featuring uh, uh, writings by Rebecca Solnick, Chris Krauss, Sarah Shulman, Daphne Gottlieb, Sam Green, and many more. Essays, but the book is coming out. I think he's going to uh, he can call in uh, next week. The, the event itself will be right in, in the middle of October, October 14th at Adobe Books will be the book release. Streetopia, find online or find about it online and uh, at 7 o'clock. And then the next day, uh, on the 16th, at the Luggage Store Gallery, um, where, where a lot of this Streetopia took place, and they've uh, they've uh, they have had a reconstruction, a, res uh, a re refreshment, a re resurre uh, resurrection, luggage store at 1007 Market Street. That's right on the corner of Seventh and Market. Seventh and Market, 1007 Market Street, and that'll be on the 16th. And people will be speaking about it, casting that wide net, finding the common thread, and bringing the people back again, together. And that'd be Streetopia. Streetopia. You heard it right here on Radio Mutiny. And there you go, Val. All right, yeah. And, and we'll be sure to post that also on our Facebook page uh, when this, after the show, the podcasts go up automatically now. So that's really great um, for us So and, and for all of our uh, guests who have timely events. Um, come on down and, 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 and uh, spread the word. So, yeah, Streetopia. Check out more information, Streetopia sf.com so i'll put that on our facebook page for the common thread collective and uh yeah well, hopefully we'll be hearing more about that so that's uh, the 16th the 15th and the 16th very cool very cool it's community radio here folks bringing the community together and getting the word out so out in the studio gallery space we've got james conrad hello hello james and I see Bloodflower sitting at the piano, so I've got him mic'd as well. And hey, speaking of the, of the uh, gallery space, there's a new uh, exhibition up 
And it's really some good stuff. I recognize the style. Do you know this person? Uh, I don't know who it is, but well, it's pretty cool. Well, let's work on that. It's really cool. Come on back and check it out. All right. Go for it, you guys. Hello. My name is James Conrad. And uh, at the piano, we've got Blood Flower. And I'm, you know, I goofed last week because no one told me that there was not going to be a show until I'd left the stage. So sorry about that, folks. And just to make it up to you, I'm giving you uh, a double play. And first, we have episode 38 of Zerto Clean's House. On March 11th, 2011, at 11 o'clock, Juan DeSoto, a drug dealer and police informant, arrived home after taking a late dinner at a fine sushi restaurant in Santana Row. Unbeknownst to him, there was a man sitting in the car across the street from his house, crouching in the back seat to keep, from view, keep out of view. He only figured that out when he'd made his way up his front steps and was a few short inches away from his front door when he heard the sound of a car starting, followed by five muted pops. That instant, he collapsed upon the porch, clutching his middle and covered in blood. The sound of the car speeding away was the last thing he ever heard. And now, episode 39 of Zordo Clean's House. One week after Juan de Soto was shot and killed, Judge Malcolm Connors took his seat in front of the television in his living room, hot toddy in hand, just as a commercial break in the 9 o'clock news ended. Police are still seeking leads in the shooting death of Juan de Soto, 48, a drug dealer and informant, said the reporter as the tel on the television as, the as Judge Connors took a sip of his beverage. Mr. De Soto was shot to death outside his residence in Willow Glen as he returned home from a night out at dinner. And now evidence has been revealed regarding the slaying of Joyce Keene, who was axed to death with a hatchet in September 1999. Although Lorenzo Ruiz, a landscaper with a prior criminal record, was convicted of her murder and sentenced to life in prison with no parole, a witness has come forward saying that she was intimidated out of taking the stand. Judge Connors took a deep breath, a sip of his hot toddy, and leaned forward as the program cut to a series of drawings of Zerto's trial. Although Lorenzo Ruiz was found guilty of killing Joyce Keene, his brothers and sisters all believed that he did nothing wrong. The program cut to Zordo's sister, Annalisa, being interviewed. There's no question that my brother is innocent, she said. I mean, yeah, he got in trouble years before Joyce Keene was killed, but that had never had anything to do with her or her son. Next, her, his sister, Louisa, shared her thoughts. They said that he killed Joyce Keene because apparently she knew he was molesting her son, but I just don't see that. He did go through his hard times when he was younger, after our oldest brother and then our father passed away, but after he got out of prison, he was a completely different person. So at that point, he'd done his time, in other words, asked the interviewer. Yes, said Louisa. I was very, very, very disappointed in the way the defense handled the case, said Antonio. In what way were you disappointed? Antonio sighed, turning his eyes to the ground, then looked back up at the camera. Oh, I felt they didn't really try to keep him out of jail. It was pathetic. I often wonder if they even really wanted to keep him out of jail. However, Richard Stevens, Ruiz's attorney during his trial, says that his efforts to clear his client's name were undermined, said the voiceover as the program cut to Richard Stevens being interviewed at his office. There was one witness who could have got Ruiz off the hook, said Mr. Stevens, sighing as his face twitched with regret. I sent out the subpoena, but then she called back and said she couldn't go through with it for personal reasons. Did she give, a, give you a more specific reason? 
I later found out that she'd been threatened that if she had did testify, her son would be murdered. Judge Connors sat bolt upright, spat out a mouthful of hot toddy, and stared at the screen in shock, eyes wide as saucers as the program cut to a woman, filmed in silhouette, introduced under the pseudonym of Sarah. The day after I was served the subpoena to testify on behalf of the defense, I got a phone call telling me that if I took the stand, my son would be murdered, she said. So I just dropped everything, took my son, and moved out of the area immediately. I didn't want to take any chances. Sarah has since entered the witness protection program and is living in an undisclosed location under an assumed name, said the narrator. Even more damning, physical evidence has turned up showing that it would have been implausible that Ruiz committed the murder given the mechanics of the attack. The program cut to footage of Minori Koizumi, PhD, in her office studying the photographs and diagram of the crime scene. Dr. Minori Koizumi, who studied forensic science at Stanford University, was attending San Jose State University at the time Joyce Keene was murdered, said the presenter. I was very much intrigued by the details of the case right from the beginning, said Dr. Koizumi, particularly because there were glaring irregularities. Images from the crime scene began to be displayed one after another on the TV screen. As you can see, the blood is splattered more to the victim's right. Judge Connors then saw footage of Dr. Koizumi in her laboratory standing in front of a table upon which was a figure of a human head modeled from unfired clay atop a thick block of wood and a hatchet. According to the notes from the coroner, said Dr. Koizumi, picking up the hatchet, the wound that severed Mrs. Keene's right ear was straight up and down. She moved the hatchet downward slowly, resting the blade for a moment with a light touch at the uppermost spot where the ear joined the head. The blade of the hatchet made contact right at the point where the ear is connected with the head. The man believed to have killed Mrs. Keene is left-handed, so for him to inflict that wound, he would have had to reach across his chest, which would have been too awkward considering how precise the wound was. Dr. Koizumi took the hatchet and reached across herself, struggling to get the blade to where she had placed it before, then switched back to her right. It would have been much easier to do something like this, said Dr. Koizumi, and brought the blade of the hatchet down, severing the right ear of the dummy in one swift, deft stroke. Judge Connors recoiled as the blade made contact with the clay model, took a deep breath, blinked a few times, and had another sip of his hot toddy. Jesus, he said, shaking his head. He rested his drink on the coffee table, reached for the pack of cigarettes next to it, and lit one up. Taking a drag, he sighed and cast his eyes to the ground, unleashing a remorseful cloud of smoke. Thank you very much. And this, my name is James Conrad. This is Mutiny Radio, Common Thread Collective. Tune in next week. I assure you, uh, same time frame. I promise we won't fuck it up this time uh, for episode 40 of Zordo Clean's House. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right. That is a pivotal chapter episode of Zordo Clean's House. And so to follow that up, I want to play James uh, your, your request, your, your song request that you put in earlier, the Dave Mason song, Shouldn't Have Took More Than You Gave. Do you want to deliver the message yourself? The uh, the dedication. You want me to de- dedicate? Okay, this is this is uh, from James Conrad, and, and and so this is dedicated to quote that motherfucker Ed Lee, an embarrassment to the Democrats. <laughs> Here we go. You shouldn't have took more than you gave. 
okay. great request, Dave Mason. Shouldn't have took more than you gave. Hey, that's that that's a good um, that's a good mantra, you know. I mean, if you look at the way that uh, industry and um, you know extractive industries have been treating the earth uh, for so so long now, and and even though it's been so concentrated just in the past couple centuries, um, shouldn't have took more than you gave. I mean, there's there really is a, a missing. Uh, philosophy in industry, which is uh, that industry just seems to uh, tends to extract and and send it out, but they don't always give back, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about giving back, completing the circle, letting that snake coil up and it with, with or without legs, huh, Dave? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about in the day, and it'd be in the Wait, DNA. What? It'd be in the DNA. It'd be in the DNA. It'd just be what we're about for sure. And uh, hey, I think the theme has emerged. The snake has legs this week. It was so good to hear uh, Leonard Peltier's son. It was so good to hear that coming along. It was so good to hear coming along what it is we're about, uh, about the propositions uh, 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 coming from the people. And we're going to, hey Val, we're going to be continuing as we do every, every, each and every week and emerging. This be emerging, and this be a place where if you'd like to join us, come on through. It's about doing more together than we have, any of us can do on our own. It's about giving more than we take away. It's about being community. So Val, so good to be here. So good to be so ongoing and continuing. Great to be and, here. And uh, so uh, Val, it's so good to wor work with you. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you, Dave. Um, so yeah, just to kind of recap a lot of what we've been talking about on today's show. So starting at the beginning of the show, we talked to Julie Levack from a group called Vanishing SF. Um, you can check out Vanishing SF on Facebook, but the, the coalition that's forming this Vision SF is having an event tomorrow at the Brava Theater on 24th Street here. And it's going to be, so that's Saturday, October 3rd, from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. Discussions on the propositions A, I, F, J, and K, which are on the ballot for November. It'll be hosted by David Talbot, who wrote Season of the Witch, and Christina Olagi, who was a, a former uh, representative, uh, supervisor. And there's going to be speakers and performers, Tom Amiano, Sarah Short, David Compost, Clee Jones, Rodney Ewing, Tom Heyman, Mike Evans, Pangea Football Club, and our San Francisco Poet Laureate, Alejandro Murguia. But there will also be a, sc a pre screening of th three previews. Um, one is The Other Barrio, which is based on a story written by Alejandro Murguia. Another uh, preview you'll see is San Francisco 3.0 a Pelosi film, and the last one is called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. So uh, it's about bringing people together, a multi-generational effort to to uh, look at the future of San Francisco and, and join forces and, and get together and, and try to have the people uh, make the policy. So definitely go on out to the Brava Theater tomorrow. That's Saturday the 3rd from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. Just a couple quick hours, so uh, make sure you get over there. Um, and then um, another big topic we talked about today is the Thanksgiving gathering in Washington, D.C. in Greenbelt Park. I believe it's Greenbelt Park, right? Um, in an effort to free Leonard Peltier, who has been, um, who was, you know, a, in his defense, uh, ac falsely uh, accused or falsely convicted, rather, or both, of, of murder about 40 years ago. Um, 
but in a, in a highly contested uh, situation in terms of law enforcement. Um, and so Leonard Peltier, you still see signs along the highways, especially in the East Bay that say Free Leonard. And uh, that's what they're talking about. And so we got to hear from Leonard Peltier's son, Chauncey, um, who is co-director of the whoisleonardpeltier.info uh, website um, where you can get lots of information about who Leonard Peltier was or is, I'm sorry, um, and his story and also how you can contact the White House because it's a big effort right now um, to to have Barack Obama, while he's still in office, to grant clemency to Leonard Peltier and set him free. Um, so that's why there's a big gathering happening around Thanksgiving in Washington, D.C. in Greenbelt Park. And if you want more information about that, you c again, you can go on Facebook, uh, Peltier Rally DC, that Peltier is P-E-L-T-I-E-R. Um, or you can contact the people uh, coordinating it directly at, at Peltier Rally 2015 at gmail.com. And of course, we threw out, uh, threw out a little recommended reading on that, um, being In the Spirit of Crazy Horse by Peter Matheson. Um, so another big topic today, get get involved at least learn about what's happening and if you feel so compelled contact the white house and ask for clemency for leonard peltier a native a native american um dave what's up oh well that's uh, wow uh, hey val and i really like you summing this up summing in the strong points what we can do now where we go from here and uh uh it's a, the, the great thing, I keep thinking about how good it is that we can do this each and every week, and how practice may not make perfect, but it does make better. And, uh, and uh, the theme is it merges, that's uh, that snake with legs that we were talking about. So I wanted to know if we could end. I know you have some music up, it's early yet, it's not sick, quite sick yet, but like, because our brother, who, whose song, The Revolution Starts Now, I'm talking about Steve Earle, is kind of a uh, is kind of, is kind of a theme. It's certainly a theme for me. Uh, I, last night I had a dream that the people gathered around and everybody brought what they had to bring and nobody went without. And a new song to sing. The revolution starts now. And he's going to be playing, I believe, tomorrow night. I believe he's a, the last hitter. I believe it's to, uh, as the sun is going down around five o'clock. He's going to be playing, and the banjo stay. Well, check it out for yourself tomorrow night. Hardly Strictly Bluegrass, Steve Earle, and the revolution starts now. So, hey, Val, so good to be working with you. This gets better and better because practice may not make perfect, but it does make better. Right, and, yeah. the, and, and another quote we like, to, we like to apply to the Common Thread Collective is the Grateful Dead quote, right? Which is, um, it's not that we're the best at what we do, it's that we're the only ones doing it. Is that what it is? That's what it is. We're the only <laughs> ones doing what we're doing. And I add to that, all my love not fade away. Mm -hmm. All my love not fade away. Oh, you got me going. Okay, take it away, Val. Everybody to be continued. If I see you in the street, if I hear you, on, if I get it on Facebook, Diamond Dave, or whatever I do, or if I run into you in the street, let's keep it going on and come on in next, next week at 3 o'clock here at 21st in Florida, because here we be, as you'll see. Take it away, Val. All right. Well, let's play that Steve Earle song, and then we'll be back in a few minutes. This really is has become an unofficial uh, theme song of the Common Thread Collective. Uh, we we like to play it a lot because, well, the revolution starts now, right now.
starts now right now thanks steve earl who's going to be out at golden gate park this weekend for hardly strictly bluegrass i honestly of all the of all the things that happen in san francisco all year round perhaps with the exception of beta breakers i really have to think about that now no i'm going to say the best thing that happens in san francisco every year is hardly strictly bluegrass it's three days free music Golden Gate Park, multiple stages, family-friendly, but of course also fun-friendly too. Um, and uh, lots of lots of uh, vendors, lots of uh, ways to get connected to different organizations. Um, they don't sell any alcohol out of the out of the park, but if you want to, so uh, <clears throat> bring your own. Um, but it, but it, it's nice because it keeps it it keeps it pretty cool and everybody's very friendly it does get kind of crowded out there so you know definitely exercise patience and and wear uh wear good shoes so that you're not getting hurt um but everybody out there has a great time and it's a beautiful time of year so so happy that uh it is hardly strictly bluegrass weekend oh my so i want to play a little more music from uh another crew that's going to be out there dave alvin and the guilty ones here's a here's a song from Dave Alvin, Harlan County Line. Thank you. 
met, we were both living far from home, trying to get by and tired of being alone. For a moment, I thought she was mine. Cause she had a voice I just wanted to believe. She said her mother was full blood Cherokee and her daddy was a union man down in the mine. Across the Harlan County line I can hardly wait to see you. Dave Alvin. Hey, Dave. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's a great weekend out here in San Francisco. Um, but for a moment of solidarity, as we were speaking of solidarity earlier, and on a more solemn note, uh, on the on the heels of 
the nation's most recent shooting at, sc at a school up in Community College, Umpqua Community College in Oregon. We're sending out our love. And, um, you know, every any time this happens, there's so much reaction to it and uh because it's such a terrible situation um and so uh, we're also being that it's election season and we're, we're talking about the laws in our country we're talking about the powers that be we're talking about the people power that we need to have and we need to garner in order to get make get change to happen and, and insist on change um i i saw a you know a meme earlier about um you know, one person tried to uh, use a shoe bomb on an airplane, and now everybody has to take off their shoes uh, at the airport. But what has been done about, you know, basically what has been done about gun laws in this country um, is it's ridiculous. Um, so one one website you can you can look at um, uh, to try to get a record of of what your representatives have been f voting for, the bills that they've put forward in terms of uh, gun control. If you go to act.commoncause.org, um, and they'll help you find your officials, uh, how to contact them, bills they've introduced, committees they serve on, and political contributions they've received as well. So it's really, I mean, if we're talking about the snake has been the theme today, but if we, if we, so if we, if we follow that metaphor, and we're talking about following that line, and it's a very crooked line, um, <laughs> no pun intended, crooked, crooked. Um, you need to see how all of these uh, things come together, where, how the web forms, um, who's doing what, who, what money is going into whose accounts, uh, what bills those people are, are putting forward to make into laws into this country. And uh, so if you, if you want to you know, start to, to really kind of hunt that down and, 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 and un uncover it and unearth it, um, it's a cool website, act.commoncause.org, uh, holding power accountable. Um, so we, we want to send our love out to everybody uh, suffering from violence, from gun violence, um, from any kind of pain because we're about love here at the Common Thread Collective. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to read a poem. Uh, this one I kind of threw together, I think, maybe a week or two ago because um, we did host here at Mutiny Radio the first alternative candidates pu uh, for mayor as a, in a public forum format here on n September 18th on Women's Magazine with Global Val. That's me. Um, so you can download the podcast Friday uh, 2 to 3 p.m. on mutinyradio.fm. Uh, we had Amy Farrah Weiss, Francisco Herrera, and Stuart Sheffman here at Mutiny Radio as a panel uh, answering questions from the public, telling us about themselves. Get to know these candidates because these are people coming up from the people, from the, from the streets, from the communities, from the neighborhoods uh, who are trying to make a difference in the city. They're not the pay-to-play politicians that we have uh so much uh, so many of in in this country so definitely check out that podcast you can download it mutinyradio.fm uh women's magazine 2 to 3 p.m on september 18th and also on september 18th we had on the weekly review which is from noon to 2 p.m there was also an hour of discussion with the three candidates during the second hour of that show so get involved get informed 
and then see where it takes you, um, whether whether it be through the power of your vote, and I hope you're registered to vote, or whether it be through the power of speech and conversation and uh, awareness. Well, every right. every little bit, every bit, little bit counts. Find one another, get on the same page, out of the box, and go ahead and push the envelope. Push the envelope. So I I was writing this I think in um, around that time. Uh, before hosting those three candidates. Because one of the things that Amy Weiss, uh, you can check her out, Think Twice, Vote Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. Um, she's getting lots of endorsements from around uh, San Francisco, various Democratic clubs, um, from uh, labor unions. Um, she's she's really on the campaign trail. Um, so check her out, Amy Weiss. But one of the things that she's been talking a lot about during her campaign is to try to bring the St. Francis back into San Francisco. Um, you know, St. Francis was, uh, you know, the, the patron saint of, of animals, of the, of the environment and ecology um, of merchants and of stowaways. Um, but that's who we're named after here, San Francisco, St. Francis of Assisi, um, who was born of privilege and gave it all up for a life of poverty. Um, you know, Catholic uh, church craziness aside, um, there's some values we can we can eat from that. <laughs> so I wrote this uh, a couple weeks ago. Here you go. I don't know what it says yet, but we'll see. The sheer weight of fear in the dark hours of disempowerment is the shallow haunt of vested authority and mismanagement. Ill treatment and deeds that strip away at our liberties are designed to entice retreat. But the spirit of the people will not be defeated. In the prayer in the city of St. Francis of Assisi, it says, Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Never mind all or nothing. The days are forever changing. And the wider our breath of understanding is in the shared genes that we feel and our hands shaking. I'm Global Val. I want to thank Dame and Dave for coming through today and everybody coming through for the Common Thread Collective. We love being here uh, to be a an amplifier for the people. And we'll see you next Friday here at Mutiny Radio 21st and Florida Streets in San Francisco. Peace, y'all.
Legislations on the desk of a do-right congressman. Now he don't know much about the issue, so he picks up the phone and he asks advice of the senator out in Indian country. A darling of the energy companies who are ripping off what's left of the reservations. Huh. I learned a safety rule.
super digging this. This is uh, the playlist for uh, this coming, uh, let's see, 17th and 18th of October will be Treasure Island Music Festival. Headlining it will be Dead Mouse, and um, on Saturday and on Sunday will be the National. Um, but it's, it's pretty fun so far. It's seeming very bassy. Am I, am I wrong? Like, check out all that bass. But that was Shamir, Bao, Bob Moses, and uh, I think right now we're going into Skylar Pence. Let's double check that to make sure that's true. Yeah, Skylar Pence.
my bags, you broke the note, I called a cab. Got away with words, but you're not listening. You used to like the way I talk, but now it's different. So I've been acting like I'm 17. On El Camino, I'll be playing the scenes of you and me. Vodka shots, I might have taken three. Basically, I'm a wreck. Hold my phone like, let's just wait and see what I expect. I believe in you and me. We built something, a history. I thought when shit got hard, you and I would find a way to pick up the parts. Now I'm in a cloud of smoke, a bottle in, all alone After so much time it's hard to look around and find myself back at the start so shortly we must have uh, lost some internet but um um if you if you were digging that like you should check out um goldfish because th- that saxophone sound combined with like a little bit of rapping combined with uh um i don't know just that edginess is so cool i saw goldfish at uh northern nights music festival and and totally dig it but uh i'm kind of liking that uh k- viceroy k flame mix it sounds i mean 
K, to me, K Flay dominates. So it to me, it sounded very much just like a K Flay track. But uh, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe you noticed some more subtleties that I didn't catch. Anyway, if uh, internet's working again, here's some uh, Cashmere Cat. Let's uh, let's see if this comes up.
o'clock. Yeah. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Our two paying audience members are getting drinks right now. People are on their way. My boyfriend, Jonathan Moore, promises that he's going to be here. Welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. I hope that you guys have all already subscribed or said you're going to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. I've got all these flyers down here. Yay! Flyers are so pretty. It's... I... I, I'm a little crazy today because I've bitten off more than I can chew. I, I sent out press releases to like a hundred different places today. And dear God, people will hopefully come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Uh, I'm Pam Benjamin, your host tonight. And uh, I am uh, usually, uh, no, I'm about this drunk all the time. <laughs> that's, pretty much, that's pretty much how it goes. It's, uh, I like drinking a lot. Uh, and people, I'm a nanny by trade. I don't drink when I'm a nanny because I'm being paid. I don't, I've never been drunk at work except that one time when I was teaching junior high and I drank too much the night before and I got, I probably had a blood alcohol of like point oh one two something and I was teaching junior high. That's the only time I've ever been drunk at work. But now I don't do that anymore because I'm a nanny and I get paid to be a good nanny. Yeah, yeah, come on in. Oh my gosh, more people. It's five bucks, put five bucks in the thingy. Over there. Like, I'm the door person and I'm the host. It's so confusing. Be nice to the dog. He's, his name is Aldo. He will not bite you. He's a nice, he's a nice, nice dog. Uh, I was just saying, I'm a, I'm a nanny. I don't take care of dogs. They're, they're too difficult. They, they don't have diapers. I don't know how to deal with their shit. Uh, but babies, they just poop in a diaper and you clean it up. I touch a lot of baby dicks lately. And I don't, I, I don't mean that in like a, ooh, you touch a lot of baby dicks. But I'm a nanny, so it's okay. And it makes me think a lot about American moms and why um, I'm dealing with an e a child right now and he is an uncircumcised baby. He's, he's two years old and he has this cute little elephant dick and I touch it all the time because I'm trying to clean it all that schmegma, you know, because I'm a good nanny and his mom gives a shit. But the reason I realized that uh, circumcision became so popular in the United States is that American parents are just lazy assholes. <laughs> You just have to clean out your baby's dick. It's okay. You don't have to chop that whole thing off. You don't have to, like, uh, change their whole sexual being for the rest of their lives. You could just clean out their dicks and not be such a lazy parent. It's like when you see, um, I was down at the Abarca Dara the other day uh, holding hands with a two-year-old because I'm a good nanny and we're engaging in the world and hanging out together. And I see uh, two, like, four or five-year-olds in, in, a, in a baby pram. Uh, they're being pushed in a stroller and they're like four and five years old and they both have uh, iPhones in front of them. They're watching, you know, stupid shit. And I'm like, bad parenting, bad parenting. I'm yelling from across the street, bad parenting, because I'm holding the hand of a two-year-old. We're engaging in the world, right? If you have a four and a five-year-old in a stroller, you're a bad parent. You're a lazy fucking person. Engage with your child. Don't circumcise them. Just clean out their dicks or better yet, Teach them how to clean out their own dick. It's okay. We don't have to make a whole bunch of lazy, you know, Americans, entitled little fucks that are like, I don't have to clean anything. And then they're 27 and live with their mom and they're like, why? Why is this happening? Like, I know it's a circumcision. Circumcision, his choice, his decision. Uh, let him get it when he's 18 if he really wants to get rid of that skin. That's all I'm saying. It's just stop being a lazy mom and clean out your son's dick. It's that easy. I don't, I just, I really have a problem with lazy parents. But it's, it's not fair because I'm a nanny and I'm paid $20 an hour to hang out with your kids. And I would never have a kid because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> and I like, I, li I like to be sober when I'm hanging out with them and then give them back so I can take their money and start drinking. You see, that's the, that's the whole thing. 
And I, you know, I woke up the other day with these terrible cramps, and I was like, oh, oh, why does it hurt so bad? Am I having my period? God, this is so great. I'm not going to have a baby. What is happening? And it, it's actually that the entire Supreme Court is still inside my uterus. You see, that's the pain. They're all inside there. And I was like, oh, I feel so bloated. And that's only because their benches are so big. <laughs> Uh, but I really believe in abortions. I am not a responsible adult. I should not have children, all right? Because if, if I have to have a baby, if you make me have a baby, I'm going to have to make some decisions I don't want to make. Like, I'm going to have to take the baby, and I'm going to have to snuggle it up, you know, with like a pillow and a sleeping bag in the trunk of my car uh, while I'm hanging out at the bar. But <laughs> I'm going to have to get some new tools so I can drill some holes in the trunk so it can breathe, right? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a heartless fuckball. I'm going to let the child breathe, all right, while I'm hanging out at the bar. But it's comfy, you know, in the warm embrace of that sleeping bag in the trunk. Uh, and then, you know, that baby, that baby, that metaphorical baby uh, grows up, uh, starts growing, and it's four years old. It's in preschool, uh, and it's still a runner. You know, the kids that you have to have leashes on, otherwise they just run into the... The traffic, they're like, no, oh, they don't listen to voice commands because they know that you hate them. And they're like, fuck you, I'm running into that street. I want to die. I'm like, yeah, fine, go go do that. Uh, and at, <laughs> at 6 o'clock, this metaphorical child is, um, is still a biter. First grade, biting other children, big problems, right? Uh, nine years old, I have to go to that stupid parent-teacher conference where they're like, oh, hey, uh, Miss Benjamin, your, your child told us that you love alcohol more than it. And I'm like, this is a sippy cup filled with vodka, you dumb bitch. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what are we doing here? You think I care <laughs> about what's happening right now? <laughs> it's good. Uh, and then at 11 years old, it finally starts smoking the doobies, and we're hanging out. And I'm like, we have something to talk about. This is great. Finally, I feel a kindred ship. Uh, at 14, it starts doing ketamine, and I'm like, who is your dealer? How, how are you getting that? Do you know a veterinarian at 14? How is that possible? Like, I, my ex-husband's a veterinarian, and I can't get ketamine. Like, what are you doing? That's <laughs> happening. Uh, and at, at 14, it starts doing a, you know, a little bit of speed, a little bit of coke, trying to decide which one. I'm like, all right, do your thing. Uh, at, at, at 15, starts the heroin. Finally, uh, at 17 years old, uh, this this baby it, this baby just dies, you know, of a, a massive speedball. So it's a lot of cocaine, it's a lot of heroin, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that is the latest late-term abortion I could have ever had. <laughs> it was like a 17-year late-term abortion. That's it was your choice to put that baby through rehab four times, not mine. You taxpayers chose to put that baby through rehab. I, it's not me. <laughs> I didn't want the baby. Abortions forever. Yay! I'm a responsible adult. Uh, running, running this lovely show, here's how it goes. Uh, we're going to sing a little song. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. If not, you'll figure it out as we go along. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Comedy yeah, together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. <coughs> that purple lotus is really good, you guys. It's really good. M-U-T-I-N-Y comedy clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! I'm excited. I can't wait for this lineup of all men. It is dicks all day in the clubhouse. Deep dicking here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, I can't, I can't wait for your first comedian. I, I
think he's outside. He didn't realize he was the first one. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Chris Knatzer. Oh, hey, there you guys are. It's Chris Knatzer. Your first Chris Knatzer. Hey, your first comedian is coming up. He is an amazing comedian. He is a hilarious man. He throws a show once a month at the New Village Cafe, which is an amazing place. It's on the first Thursday of every month uh, at New Village Cafe on at Polk and Pine. And uh, you guys are going to love his comedy. Put your hands together. It's Christopher Knatzer. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure and a surprise to be here. Uh, this is great. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not prepared at all. I've been talking about two things obsessively over the last few months, so you can decide. I don't think anybody really knows me in here. We can talk about It's all the truth. Uh, it is. Uh, I retired from comedy several months ago. Uh, you know, there comes a point in your comedy career where you do have to look yourself in the mirror and understand that it's a complete fucking waste of time. And you have to figure out, <coughs> you have to figure out what it is you're hiding from. You have to figure out what it is you're always running from. Why are you always doing these uh, half-assed documentaries? Whatever it is. Um, <laughs> you know, how come you never finish anything? Um, I was hiding from the truth. So we can talk about the truth, uh, which is my life uh, with prostitutes, or we can talk about the truth, which is all of our lives uh, with our sham of a government. It's up to you. <laughs> so make some noise if you want to hear about whores. <laughs> all right, that's good. And uh, make some noise if you want to hear about the whores who are ruining all your lives. That sounded, that sounded like more of the uh, personal down the street Union Square 3 a.m. kind of horse. Uh, that, that's fine. That's my personal life. We can get into it. We can get into it. Uh, first of all, uh, I believe <coughs> that is part of what's wrong with our society besides, of our, besides the reptilian overlords, which you chose not to think <laughs> about tonight. Um, it's fine. Stay asleep. Hit the snooze bar. It's what I was doing with my comedy career before I retired, and uh, pro probably what I'm doing with my obsessive relationship with multiple whores in the greater Bay Area. Um, <coughs> so the thing is, uh, part of the problem is we stopped valuing sex. We stopped charging for it. Everything's free now. You have to charge for sex. You have to pay for sex. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I'm straight. I see, you know, the prostitutes I see are women. And I value women in my life. I love and I respect women. But I think it's sad that a lot of the women I love and respect don't love and respect themselves enough to charge for sex. <laughs> what must they think of their bodies? They just give it away. Is that how badly we need validation? <laughs> so I promise you it's worth something. Don't fuck for free. You'll never get anything good for free. How many of you paid to be in here? I should step it up then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, even if you're in a relationship, a nominal fee, uh, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> you know, my single friends are always fucking and sucking. They want to know. You know, I, I just want to. I want to experience so many people, but I just want to keep it simple. Why? You know, he's texting me too. I just want to keep it simple. You know what's simple? Hundred bucks. Just, just think about it. I, uh, like I said, I only fuck for money. I get paid. 
Uh, I pay out uh, whatever. It's just keep it professional. I uh, sometimes, unfortunately, even trying to keep it simple, you do fall in love. And uh, I fell in love with one of my favorite prostitutes. And um, she and I had a year-long relationship. And uh, she is uh, consistently reviewed online as San Francisco's premier BBFS provider. And a lot of you are pretending that you don't know what that means. Um, it's bareback full service, which means everything you want to do without a condom. Right. And uh, the whole time we dated, you know, we didn't use condoms. Uh, I'm not going to pass up value just because I'm in love. Uh, I'm going to say read the reviews. Read the reviews. Uh, I'm serious. Google Colonel Cream Pie 1972. <laughs> read the reviews. Uh, and, you know, condoms are stupid. I don't want to get into it, but you've got to get condoms out of your life. <laughs> and, um, well, no, I'm, I'm serious. You know, seriously, you've got to get condoms out of your life. They're dangerous. They're very dangerous as a species. Uh, you need to understand that uh, STDs are getting stronger. I've gotten off track now, but I, I really care about this issue. STDs are getting stronger, you know. We're desensitizing ourselves with technology and with condoms. Uh, get rid of the condoms at least. I know you're not going to get rid of your smartphone. <laughs> we can do eight minutes about that right now, but I know I'll lose you for sure. But uh, get rid of the condoms. Uh, STDs are getting stronger. They're evolving. Gonorrhea, chlamydia, you know, syphilis ever since condom use became quote unquote popular. They're all getting stronger. The new outbreak of uh, the clap is so strong, scientists are referring to it as the applause break. It's, <laughs> it's critical. It's critical. No, it is. Um, so I was talking about my girlfriend. Um, and, it, you know, we didn't use condoms, and we were, we were very much in love. And it's difficult. You have to be a strong person uh, to be honest in a relationship with a prostitute for a year. And the only time I really was vulnerable, the only time uh, I would sort of let myself get hurt, I guess, uh, she would come home late at night from work, exhausted, and uh, I would massage her feet, uh, which I know is stupid. It's the only part she wasn't using. Um, and I would, I would hold her, you know, and I would spoon her to sleep. And uh, often in her sleep, she would fart, and those farts would smell like cologne. No, I know, I know, because, uh, you know, gentlemen, when we visit prostitutes, we don't douse our genitals in cologne. No, it's coming from their wrists. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, if I was still doing comedy, that's one of the things I would always tell people is that you have to, you have to try and close with your, your strongest anal fisting material. <laughs> so just to recap, uh, you've chosen to stay asleep. <laughs> exactly. I'm just part of the problem. Another distraction, and I'll give the mic over to your host, who is a distraction, who will keep passing on down the line and have fun in the FEMA camps. <laughs> but don't say you never heard whispers. Good night, everybody. Don't be asleep. Stop using condoms. 
we're all gonna die anyway. I mean, and if, is Charlie Sheen the new one with AIDS? Is he the one? Yeah. yeah, he's having a fun time. Everybody will live forever. And Magic Johnson's still alive, right? There's no problem here. Don't worry, everybody stop with the condom usage. It was all just a scare tactic of the 80s and 90s. Uh, I am a terrible person. I have an IUD and I've been in a, 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 a monogamous relationship for two years, so <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I ain't having babies and I ain't getting STDs, but I, uh, I recommend you all find a nice skateboarder to have sex with all the time. Uh, that, that's just me. Your next comedian. I love your, uh, your new long hair thing going on. He is not related to any serial killers, uh, al although and I've never actually seen you bomb a stage. I think that I've never, I've never seen you have like a really tremendously bombing set, which makes me happy because you share a name with a person who killed many people with a bomb. You guys are gonna love his comedy. Put your hands together for Jim McVeigh. Oh, watch me, watch me. Are you, wa watch me. Thank you for committing to not be on your phones. Isn't that unsettling? Uh, I miss old phones. I miss when my butt could call my friend's phone and then his butt would answer and then our butts would just be on the phone racking up minutes. That happened with my father, 33 minutes on the call log. I wish I could be as close with my dad as our butts are. We've never talked on the phone for 33 minutes. Our butts have. One time my butt called 911. Like, what did it know that I didn't? He's eating Indian food again. Send me an ambulance. This is abuse. That's how my butt talks. Uh, I decided that is how my butt talks. I'm an artist. Uh, hello, crowd. Hello, naughty, naughty crowd. Daddy's home. Uh, I don't know why I said that. It's too late. You're stuck here. <laughs> uh, you can't. Don't leave me. Uh, what do you? What do you guys? Are you guys comics? No. Are you guys just uh, just out? Okay. All right. What? Uh, you guys? You guys in a band? <laughs> guys, guys, yeah. let's start a band. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit comedy. We're starting a band. Uh, fuck it. Uh, how come guys are always like, I'm gonna kick your butt? but then they punch me in the face. <laughs> is that the joke, that my face is a butt? I bought that joke off a child. Stand-up comedy is bullshit. Anybody can do this. Uh, I try and do the right thing a lot. I feel like my pen fell out of my ear. There it is. Um, I get hung up on trying to do the right thing. Uh, I smoke cigarettes, and uh, whenever I see kids, I try and hide my cigarette. I feel like that's the, I don't want to be a bad example. And then it hit me how much I jaywalk in front of children all the time. Like, we all do it. And so uh, recently, uh, a group of kids were walking by. I was smoking. And I figured the right thing to do would to be cross the street rather than blow smoke in their faces. And so now I'm jaywalking, and I'm making it look hell of cool because I'm smoking. It just compounds on itself. Um, anyway. What's happening? What's happening? I'm a diva, guys. Even at this level, I'm a diva. It was in my writer. I want the door shut. The door was open. It's cold. Anyway, what else is on this suicide note? I hope there's something funny on here. 
Um, my buddy, he works in tech, and he's like, yeah, you know, I got all this stuff, but, I mean, you're your own boss. Like, you're a comedian. Like, oh, I'm my own I'm much more like my own high school principal. I sit myself down, and I'm like, are you trying to ruin your life? <laughs> and then I get on the phone, and I call my parents, and I'm like, you know, this is all your fault. And then I drive a shitty car home. That's <laughs> where I'm at. Um... I live out in the suburbs. Something fascinating that happens out where I live is that local motorcyclists will get sober. Like a local motorcycle gang got clean and sober and they had nowhere to go. They didn't have a saloon, so they took over a local Starbucks franchise. And it's very strange. You walk inside and now Starbucks is a scary place. There is an element of danger. There's like guys with neck tattoos, drinking lattes. It's very the juxtaposition, I'm trying to use bigger words in my act, the juxtaposition <laughs> was amazing. Anyway, like, I, yeah, these guys picked a fight in a star, like Starbucks is supposed to be a safe place where parents can bring their children to exchange custody with other divorced parents. <laughs> that is what Starbucks is supposed to be for. And I don't know if you've seen that awkward drug deal go down, they're just like, yeah, 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 just, just, just go, just go. It's very, very strange. Um, I got, I actually, I had to get sober myself. Uh, now when I go to parties, I just see parties for what they really are. Like we're a bunch of grownups standing too close together in a kitchen and we're pretending our ankles don't hurt. Like that's every, like me at every party, I'm like, oh, my ankles don't hurt at all. Don't look over there. What's entertaining over there? <laughs> I see you. I see you. I, fe I felt you drift out. That was an immaculate punchline. The word economy is amazing on that joke, and it was, you should just give me that $5. That was, <laughs> you should just give that to me. Um, yeah, so I, now when I'm sober at parties, like, I don't know what to do. I just, like, read fun magnets off the fridge. You all have them. Uh, I don't know if it's me. It's Maybe it's just my peer group. I get invited to all the parties where all the guys are like, hey, where are the girls at? And all the girls are like, where are the other girls at? This <laughs> sucks. That is, that is where I live. That is, that's where I live. Um, they say sometimes in life, in order to move forwards, you have to go backwards, which is loser talk. For I moved back into my mom's womb. I moved all the way home. Uh, I'm the oldest kid on the block now. Uh, and not true. Uh, one guy got fucked up on drugs. He had to move back home uh, with his mom. And I'm like, oh, good, a boy my age to play with. I uh, hope he plays right. I hope he knows how to share. Uh, parents, they're like, we're your safety net. If something happens to you in life, you fall and you land on the safety net. And I have been treating it like a hammock. It's very comfortable. If you have parents, try this out, borrow money. It works for me. Um, uh, moved home mainly due to clinical depression. People don't really understand what that is. They think that it means that I'm sad, and it's not. It means that I'm more like a sociopath without all the murder. And it's not that I couldn't murder someone. There is just no way I could clean it up because I have depression. Uh, I couldn't clean up my whole room let alone an entire crime scene. Uh, it's a lot to ask. Um, people, don't, people don't really understand. Uh, people are very illiterate when it comes to mental illness. Uh, like my buddy, he forwarded me a list of five ways to cope with clinical depression. 
Number one, never skip a meal. Check, I'm on my way. I clicked on number two, and then an ad for a Nissan Altima popped up because marketers figured out what kind of car sad people buy. <laughs> like, people, people don't understand, like, uh, like, like friends, they'll be like, I don't understand. You have so much to be happy about, which is just saying, I know you feel bad, but have you tried feeling guilty? It, it doesn't, <laughs> they just don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it at all. Um, so I might as well uh, make, we are kind of having a good time. Let's make it weird now. Um, for the last six years, I haven't been intimate with a person. I haven't been romantic with anyone. And I haven't had sex. And when I tell people that, they're like, why are you telling me that? Uh, when I <laughs> were you were you in jail? Uh, so it, it's like saying I've been married for six years. Uh, so I I was at a bar. This was several months ago, and I just met a woman. We hit it off. We're out front smoking. It's freezing. She puts her arm around me to get warm. She puts her she tucks her head in, and uh, it's been six years with no intimacy at all, and I started crying and getting a boner at the exact same time. <laughs> because that's what it's like to own a penis. Even at your most human moment, your penis is like, oh, is it happening right now? Let me get ready for you. And you're like, no, you're crying in front of a bar in Concord. So <laughs> it doesn't, and by the way, it wasn't happening in the elevator this morning either. Like it just, it's a very strange thing, uh, owning, owning a penis. Uh, I feel like I'm trying to talk about penises in a loftier sense, uh, and I don't know why, <laughs> but, uh, so obviously I can never talk to her again. I quickly excused myself by saying, I have to go to the bathroom. So all she saw was, and then I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So she's like, I don't know what that was about. So basically I'd rather her think I had to take a huge dump than I started crying and getting a boner. Uh, I like that I made it weird, and I'm glad that we aren't having fun anymore because I think like some of you guys make a lot more money than I do, and it feels good anyway. This is going nowhere. This riff. This is a showcase. I shouldn't be. Uh, I should be. I should not be. Why am I making myself bomb for no reason? I was having a good set before, and I'm like, <laughs> let's just drive this into the ground. Um, friends, girlfriends will try and set you up with their friends of equal damage. And I understand <laughs> the thinking on that. It's like, let's take my friend from work. You know, she has the meltdown every week. We call her the microwave. <laughs> let's take Jim. Is he really a comedian? He's never been funny when he's here. Is he? <laughs> Has anyone from high school seen him do comedy? Okay, let's take them, we'll put them together, we'll cancel cable, and we'll just watch that. Because why watch a car race when you could watch a demolition derby? Thank you very much. I've been Jim McVeigh. Keep it going for Jim McVeigh! Yeah! Your next comedian, my God. He is a maven of many things, but mostly of improvisation. You can see him every Tuesday night from 8 to 10 on Sylvan's Open Improv here at Mutiny Radio doing improv games. But he's also a hilarious stand-up comedian in his own right. Put your hands together, everybody. It's Justin Gomes. That's 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a real maven of comedy. <laughs> real good glavin comedy up here. Killing it. Welcome to 2016, everybody. I'm feeling good. Uh, decided to throw a lot of my material out the window because I'm, I like my comedy to play opposite the Giants years. <laughs> this is going to be a bad year for me, you guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, uh, it's not going to happen. I just cut off my beard, though. I had a huge beard. I had this like big old lumberjack man beard. Uh, my girlfriend wanted me to grow the beard. Uh, she's like, ooh, beards are sexy. And I'm like, uh, whatever you say. You know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she just wanted to be more comfortable with her own facial hair. You know, so like we both had it. We're okay with this now. It's cool though. Beards are fun, man. They're kind of like the uh, the uh, the male equivalent of wearing high heels, right? Because it fucking hurts. Right? You know, it's really it fucking it's annoying. But you know, I'm trying to get laid, so. Plus, it makes my ass look great. <laughs> awesome. It's true. Oh, man. I, uh, I am from a group called Sylvan. Uh, we're, we have a huge party house that we all live in, uh, like 14 guys in one house. Very cool house. Uh, it's weird, though, living in a house with 14 guys because it's kind of like living with 14 cats, right? Like, like the bathroom is just a litter box. <laughs> like, if, if, if you don't clean it, then they're just going to step around the poop <laughs> and keep pooping, you know? It's, uh, sorry. So I had to move out. I had to move out. I was running the house. It was a great time. It was a good few years in a fraternity. I had to move out because my girlfriend uh, didn't want to live there, obviously. <laughs> and it's been cool living with a lady. Uh, I've learned a lot about women uh, through this process. You know, it's just me, her, and the cats. <laughs> It's a weird thing. Uh, did you guys know that uh, uh, an orgasm uh, can alleviate the symptoms of menstrual cramps? Yeah, well, of course, you're a lady. <laughs> I didn't know this. And you might be wondering, Justin, how did you learn this feminine secret that nobody else here knew? How did you learn, Justin? I caught my girlfriend red-handed. <laughs> I did. I did. It was uh, an experience that we shared. Uh, we're, we're married without rings now. Uh, it's weird though, you guys, I've been hiding a lot of things from my girlfriend. I've got a lot of secrets. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm almost getting caught here with these things I've been hiding from her man. And she's, I'm getting really worried that she's going to realize how much I've been farting in her presence. <laughs> and cause she hates it. She hates it, you guys. Listen, uh, ladies, I'm going to let you in on a secret. You know, like a smooch, you know, like a really loud kiss, like a mwah. That's just covering up a fart. You know, it's, it's close to your ear. It's going to make that pop noise. It's going to, it's covering up a fart. Somebody tried to pickpocket me uh, last New Year's. That was really fun. Uh, I was walking down Embarcadero. It's really crowded, right? You know, we're all packed like sardines walking down the street trying to get out of here. It's like, you know, 1230 or whatever. And then this dude reaches into my pocket right here, right? Trying to steal some shit, which I had ingeniously put nothing in earlier. <laughs> but I don't want this guy to think I'm a fucking trick-ass Mark or some shit like that. So, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, no, fuck that guy. You know what I do? I reach into my pocket and I gently hold his hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. He tried to pull away. I grabbed his hand all tight. You know? 
I'm not a trick ass Mark. You know, I pull him in and I'm like, how you doing? Because <laughs> San Franciscans are afraid of New Yorkers. Yeah, it's not a funny joke. I've, I've tried to say that ending line like eight times. It's not, it's, congratulations, Mutiny Radio. You guys just saw the last burn of that phoenix right there. That was, that was it. It's just ashes from here on in. Uh, I've been in the uh, comedy business and the food and beverage business, both for 10 years, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Yep, I'm that salty old waiter now, you guys. I'm that, that the waiter doesn't care about anybody or anything except for like three regulars that you, all the other customers are jealous that I get along with them. Anyway. <laughs> it sucks, man. I guess I'm so jaded about the food beverage food and beverage industry now. Like I work in a restaurant, you know, I get in an argument with chef. I've had six different chefs at the restaurant I work at, all right? They're, they're, they don't matter to me, all right? I get in an argument with chef. You know what I do? As I fucking, I slam the door and I go, you're not my real chef! <laughs> and then I'm grounded. <laughs> like if we get a new, a new waitress gets hired and it's like, I'm not gonna learn her name. Where is she from? Okay, Texas, whatever. I'll help you with your tables. Cool, you know, like, she's not gonna last longer than six months, all right, Greenhorn? You know? Yeah, I, I wanted to make a special the other day, you know, because I've been cooking in the kitchen and I make up this great plate. It was very technical. It was beautiful. We could have sold it for a lot of money. And Chef was like, Justin, we can't sell that food here. And I was like, Chef, I put my fucking blood, sweat, and tears into that dish. And you're saying, and he's like, that's exactly why we can't serve it. <laughs> Get it out of here. <laughs> Woo-wee. Tips for growing a beard is don't let other people touch it. It'll fall off. <laughs> It's not true at all. So you guys are comics, right? You guys are, he's a comedian, cool. You're trying to be a comedian? Good, man, good, good. You're already there. You don't have to try. You guys aren't comedians, the back row. All of the, all of the audience members cowered on the back. I get it, what do you guys do? What's your, what's your gig? Dope, awesome. Let's go down the line, what do we got here? Holy shit, all right, you're selling stuff. What are you guys doing? Teacher, what do you teach? Yeah, you got a history teacher jacket on. <laughs> what's your favorite, what's your favorite uh, time period and location? The Great Depression, America? Yeah, man. I, I can't really relate to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I have a customer who's like 90 years old. I've talked to him about it. I started reading a, a book written in Russia in the year 1929. That's totally different. Uh, I mean, they're like, you know, we almost workers got rights after that. We got really close. We got really close to getting some rights and we just threw them all away in the last 10 years. Uh, we're getting, I don't want to get political, you guys. I'm supposed to tell jokes. You guys ever think that shooting somebody's kind of just like giving them a bullet? Goo! <laughs> 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 Ooh, dangerous material! <laughs> you know, just like, hey, Eric, catch, bang, fuck! You catch bullets like a girl! <laughs> <laughs> now he's a misogynist, too! Guns, oh, no, I can't. 
I can't. I'm not gonna go down that. I'm not gonna go down that road. It's weird. The the new war on guns, you guys, is exactly what the war on drugs is. All right, they're 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 parallels, just different times. All right, it's like, oh yeah, everybody knows that guns are dangerous, but we still take them every day. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm doing new material, you guys. It's 2016. Guns are great. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> You ever guys ever think the first list with bullet points though, like like that had to have made that had like th that had to have made made with bullets, like they're they're round, like <laughs> it makes a, a list a very serious list, you know. You don't fuck around with the bullet point. <laughs> you better not forget those eggs, kabam, or the cheese, kaboom. Trying to make an omelet. <laughs> And more bullets. Kabam! <laughs> anyway, uh, I was skateboarding down Valencia the other day. Fun, fun street. This old man yells at me as I skate by him. This old dude. He's wearing all white, right? He's like a the plantation looking motherfucker, right? He's got like white beard, like, like Colonel Sanders, right? White suit, white tie, everything white. You name it, right? He's got every kind of pocket kerchief, like accessory you can imagine. He's got a pocket watch. He's got a little pocket kerchief. He's got a pocket Bible. He's got pocket monsters, all the Pokemon, <laughs> every single one. But I skate by him and he goes, goddamn hipster. And I was like, whoa, I mean, I mean, come on, I, okay, yeah, but come on, man. <laughs> and he's like, I don't understand why everybody is saying this neighborhood is getting gentrified. Far as I see it, <laughs> I'm the only gentleman walking these here streets. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, old man, I don't got time for you. And he's like, no, you listen here, you listen here, youngster. Walked into my favorite watering hole the other day. Tried to order a mint julep. Bartender gave me a Tecate with a lime and <laughs> shaking his jowls. I was like, okay, dude, I gotta get it. He's like, no, you listen here, youngster. And he grabbed me on the arm, spun me around. And he's like, I went to my barber the other day, wanted to get my mustache waxed. I saw some young fellas getting their mustaches waxed and beards trimmed, and I thought, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there's gentlemen in this neighborhood after all. Ended up not a single one of them owned a piece of land. Uh. And I was like, all right, dude, I, I'm, I jump on my board, I go to skate, and he was like, you listen to me, and I'm skating away, and he's just yelling at me as I go away, and he's like, you skate away, but I'll tell you one thing, son, the south of market area will rise again. <laughs> and then he just disappeared into a racist smoke. Uh, my name is Justin Gomes. Uh, look up Sylvan. Yay, yay, and then yay for Justin Gomes. Listen to his show every Tuesday from 8 to 10, Open Improv. <laughs> the South of Mockyu, Razagion. Oh, Lord. Your next comedian, he has another podcast here on the station. It's every Tuesday night from 10 to midnight. Don't worry, you don't have to stay up that late. You can just download it whenever you want because it's totally hilarious. It's called F-E-F-Y, which is fuck everything, fuck you. He's going to do that right now for you guys. Put your hands together. It's Timothy Pizza. Ooh, 
it's Friday. You guys pumped for Friday? Yeah, yeah I'm kind of a weird dude, like, uh, to get myself through <coughs> different situations. I like to make up, like, cheese songs that I sing in my head. Like, I kind of make a joke out of everything because I don't understand what the fuck's happening on this planet. Uh, it's, uh, I'll get to that later. Uh, but anyways, cheese songs. Like, uh, Friday night, you know, we're all pumped. We're getting ready to go out. Uh, you got to fight. For your right to Havarti. <laughs> this is how I. This is how I don't kill myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or like, uh, let's see, um, or like, say, like I, like I recently got dumped, so I, I was like really down, and uh, this cheese song helped me out. It's uh, very special to me. So till a look at me now, <laughs> there's just an empty space, and there's nothing left to remind me, just the memory of your face. So till a look at me now, yeah, it's great. You know, and then after I got dumped, you know, I, I turned on Twitter. It was uh, it was New Year's Day. And the hashtag, the number one trending hashtag is uh, waste his time 2016. And the top tweet is uh, flirt with him until he hits on you and then act insulted and make it awkward. Hashtag waste his time 2016. <laughs> and I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. What about waste her time 2016? Like. So you're gonna like go up and set up half your stereo? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna move your shit halfway to your new apartment from the house you just got kicked out of because you couldn't deal with your roommates, um, and just leave it on the sidewalk. Yeah. At least it wouldn't be a head fuck though. Like you know, the flirt with him till he hits on you, and then crush him. Ah! <laughs> so uh, any of you guys get periods? Yeah, yeah. No, periods are uh, fascinating to me. Um, I lived with uh, five girls in college, and uh, Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. What? <laughs> Actually, Alex. The food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast got it. I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and MutinyRadio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. 
You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke workshop? Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio. When a listener 